This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 30th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Would a Biden presidency threaten suburban America? Would those plans destroy the suburbs? Nolan Gray is a research fellow at the Mercatus Center. We discuss the Biden plan for housing and attempts to deregulate housing markets. The president tweeted out sort of an odd claim and has, I guess, since sort of doubled down on that in a series of tweets, as you might imagine. One, that Joe Biden wants to destroy the suburbs and then insisting that suburban housewives, which is, you know, has its own issues, ought to be uh, reading articles that make that case. And and the genesis of this case seems to be from Stanley Kurtz at National Review writing about the headline here, Biden and the and Dems are set to abolish the suburbs. So what is the genesis of uh, this claim? So under the Fair Housing Act, the federal government has an obligation to sort of crack down on local governments that are using their zoning and land use power to engage in uh, discriminatory uh, housing practices. Uh, So the Obama administration uh, sort of began to develop this rule. Uh, Under the Trump administration, uh, the Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development under Ben Carson uh, was working to overhaul this rule and revise it and, and focus on municipalities that were consistently blocking uh, affordable housing. Um, and so this was actually uh, had been put out for comment earlier this year, a revised rule. So there was a lot of discussion about the federal government's role in sort of dealing with uh, what's called exclusionary zoning or the use of zoning to uh, block more affordable housing typologies like apartments or, or maybe smaller starter homes. Um, so the federal government was playing a more proactive role there. In part, this was really to uh, address the federal government's early role in promoting a lot of these zoning codes. So in many cases, the you know federal consultants or or, or, or federal programs incentivized uh, local governments to adopt these programs. But now that many cities and, and metropolitan areas have a pretty serious affordable housing crisis, uh, the federal government is understandably looking to roll this back. And it's been odd to watch a lot of these wealthier cities with fairly restrictive zoning then call for federal aid in order to provide affordable housing. And your argument and the argument of lots of libertarians would be simply, well, maybe zoning is the problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the issue is that, you know, we have a mismatch between supply and demand. So in in certain cities, particularly in a handful of coastal cities, there's enormous demand for new housing and uh, incomes are rising. You know, this is place like places like New York City and San Francisco. Uh, but you have zoning ordinances that make it very, very hard to build additional housing. And these are essentially restrictions on the right of property owners to maybe demolish a small one story house or demolish an old sort of commercial strip and build something, you know, like apartments there, fourplex maybe, or additional sort of mixed use multifamily there. And so there's been a growing consensus, uh, both among progressives, conservatives, libertarians, uh, Democrats and Republicans alike. Um, normally bipartisanship uh, raises some red flags for me, but in this case, it's, it's in a positive direction uh, that, you know, we need to essentially look at some of these regulations that are blocking new housing supply. So you've seen consensus on ideas, you know, such as if your city is consistently blocking new housing, you're not going to be eligible for community development block grants. Or if you're refusing to, you know, build your fair share of housing, we might, uh, you know, withdraw some of your surface transportation grants, right? So this is just a way to nudge uh, local governments to look at some of their excessive regulation in land use markets. And there's been a ton of interest in this. And so this is why it was interesting that the Trump administration sort of 
staking out a claim that's uh, increasingly unpopular. Uh, and I can, I suppose I can understand, I, don't, I haven't looked at polling on this, but I suppose I can understand why they would do this. If you look at polls, the, the general trend seems to be that Donald Trump is losing suburban women, and these suburban women are most likely homeowners and threatening the value of a home. That's the largest investment that a lot of uh, families will will make in their entire lives. So it, it doesn't seem on its face stupid to me. What you're saying is that it's basically wrong. Yeah, I think it, it might be good politics in a limited range of circumstances. I mean, it is worth emphasizing that the, there really has been a sort of bipartisan convergence on liberalization, right? I mean, so of course you have affordable housing advocates, but you also have home builders saying, you know, it's impossible to build the housing that the market demands. Uh, you have sort of economic development groups who are saying, you know, we want to grow and we want to bring on new people, but uh, we have these out-of-date zoning rules that are making it impossible to build new housing or more office space. So going forward, the idea that reducing the level of exclusionary zoning or, you know, in specific parts of town that is breaking up the log jam for creating new housing. This is this is what's being cast as destroying the suburbs. Yeah, I mean, in a certain sense, it's only destroying suburbs if they're dependent on this regulation that completely maintains the status quo. Um, so in, in some cases, there is such enormous housing demand that if you were to eliminate zoning, you know, a handful of these homes would be redeveloped. In the vast majority of U.S. cities, of course, it wouldn't matter at all. Um, most U.S. cities are building enough housing to accommodate the growing supply. Places in the Sun Belt, uh, of course, places in the Midwest where there's not a lot of new supply, uh, they're not facing this pressure. It's really a handful of suburbs and a handful of metropolitan areas that probably would face a lot of redevelopment. And those are places where they've essentially used regulation to, to block any new people from coming in. So let's talk about Houston then. What is the level of housing construction regulation in the Houston metro area? So Houston's famously liberal on land use regulation uh, in the sense that they don't have especially strict rules. So Houston never adopted zoning. Uh, unlike most other cities, Houston actually put zoning to a referendum uh, and voters rejected it uh, three times. Uh, so they have a kind of an unusual system where they place a lot more emphasis on deed restrictions. These are essentially agreements among neighbors about what you can and can't do with your property. So in some areas of the city, you have something like zoning to the extent that a bunch of neighbors have come together and said, none of us are going to redevelop our, our homes into you know, commercial uses, or we're not going to add an additional floor beyond like 2.5 stories or something like that. Um, but you know, with among these deed-restricted communities, there's really fairly light rules and there's no uh, use segregation. So there's nothing saying, oh, you can't have a corner grocery in a residential area. Uh, and there's also fairly uh, liberal um, density rules. So you can add up as long as you're meeting a lot of the basic uh, health and safety codes that are in place in most cities. Uh, and so from this, Houston has remained an incredibly uh, affordable city, especially when you consider the fact that there's just been exponential population growth and incredible uh, growth in incomes over the past uh, 30 years. The bottom line here is <laughs> this reads a lot like deregulation. It looks a lot like deregulation. And for the purposes of federal involvement in cities with respect to housing, it is an incentive to deregulate a market. And the, the Trump administration seems uniformly opposed to it. And 
is trying to scare people with it. Right. You know, zoning is very much a New Deal era program. It's the idea that that government planners can come in and determine, you know, what uses are going to go where and at what densities. And this was fine when we had a lot of cheap land and when cities were growing out. But as cities have had to start building up or adding new density uh, in the existing cities, this has posed a major issue because the regulations don't change to accommodate you know, changing demands. And and really, you know, it's a very Hayekian point, right? That there's just simply no way that a government planner can know more than, you know, one or two years out what the appropriate mixture of uses and densities might be. And so to the extent that cities are reevaluating their zoning and saying, how can we sort of relax some of these restrictions to allow more housing construction and allow the real estate market to really provide what consumers uh, are demanding? Uh, this is a positive and this is something that so people who support private property rights should be in favor of. Nolan Gray is a research fellow at the Mercatus Center. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.